Hello, this is The Saucer Life, and in this small segment, installment, we're going to look at some listener questions and comments about our recent episode on Malaysian creatures and Japanese contactees ripped from the pages of some newsletters from, unsurprisingly, Malaysia and Japan. So let's take a look. Lester says, pretty good. I'm sure you've noticed the number of times Godzilla or Gamera encountered UFOs. My favorite was when Godzilla and Rodan were taken to another planet to help them deal with Monster Zero. It turned out to be Ghidorah, the three-headed dragon. Yes, um, yeah, and Gamera is friend to children. We know that, of course. Yeah, the Japanese uh, sort of UFO pop culture stuff is is very interesting, and those those monster movies. And there's a there's a, a Japanese term for those monster movies that I can never remember, but they're a lot of fun. And um, you know, Mothra. I always liked Mothra, although I hate bugs, so Mothra was always troubling. Associate producer Simpson J Hanover could not get the image out of his head of a guy sneaking around the office photocopier at his workplace in Malaysia trying to get his, you know, issues of Malaysian UFO report newsletter photocopied before his boss found out, which is which is a fun image. We always have to to make sure that we we recognize the dangers that saucer publishers have taken in the past. Uh, Doc Pinko on Twitter uh, said that the eating fried worms or he, the eating worms bit reminded him of the book he read as a kid. I think I read it too. I think most of us did if we're of a certain age, how to eat fried worms. And he also comments that the, uh, the, the somewhat humorously constructed uh, phrase was never seen again until four days later is probably the result of somebody writing in a second language, which, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. So just the fact that they're able to, to make intelligible English when that's not their first language is really impressive to me because I I can't do that and I can barely write or speak in English without a great deal of effort to make myself intelligible. On the website at saucerlife.com, uh, we've got a comment from uh, frequent commenter Kirk. Kirk says, I'm intrigued by the testimony that Adamski believers in Japan achieved some measure of realization or enlightenment through his philosophical teachings. Recent Western philosophy is mostly analytical and usually lacks a practical component, but I've been reading about the ancient philosophies of Neoplatonism and Stoicism, which had a different character. They both aimed at learning how to live better lives, and Neoplatonism in particular aimed for personal transcendence. Did Adamski himself teach a practical philosophy for achieving enlightenment, or did his Japanese believers extrapolate such a philosophy independently? Well, you are in luck, because coming up soon, not the next episode, which is about the Janos people, a book relating an, an interesting sort of contactee, abductee encounter experience that a family had in the 70s in Britain. After that, we're going to be taking a look at the sort of photocopied workbook that was provided by George Adamski to his followers called Cosmic Philosophy. It's the breakdown of Adamski's philosophical teachings and how to apply those to your life. So it's sort of a 90-page booklet or I guess book, I guess. If it's 90 pages of eight and a half by 11, we can call it a book. So we are going to be looking at Adamski's philosophy, his cosmic philosophy, and I think the science of life stuff that he talks about is going to come into it as well. So yeah, I wasn't going to do it this soon, but since you put that comment up, I decided to just go ahead and do that. 
Black Wolf on Twitter uh, says, so contactees being big in Japan in the 80s is like Mr. Big or Dokken still filling stadiums in Japan despite being non-existent on the U.S. music scene. And he tells us to uh, check the end of Spinal Tap or of This Is Spinal Tap, which I need to watch that again. It's been too long since I've seen that. But yeah, you get the idea that these things sort of last longer in some parts of the world than others. Actually, I believe the website of the Japanese Adamski Get Acquainted program chapter is still active. Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I looked at it the other day. I'll put a link in the show notes. I believe that the UFO contactee newsletter that we looked at in the most recent episode was being published as late as 1998, I think, which is just astounding. Also, uh, Black Wolf says, didn't John Lear swear that the U.S. and USSR both knew that Venus was inhabited? If I recall correctly, it was part of his interminable briefing given on Coast to Coast. You are correct. And here it is for those who haven't heard it. Our first efforts were to keep the public from learning about Venus uh, and that it's a similar planet to Earth and that its population is very similar to us, but more technologically advanced. Uh, we have learned a lot from them. Starting with the Russian Venera 1 and U.S. Mariner 2, we made Venus look like a lead-melting volcanic surface spewing sulfuric acid into a pressurized atmosphere 90 times that of Earth. And it was often the case we overdid it and wondered why no one ever asked how a parachute survived a descent into 800-degree air. If you haven't heard that 2003? Yeah, November 2003 episode of John Lear on Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. It is absolutely worth checking out for just the, I don't know, retro flavor of John Lear bringing his 1980s dark side hypothesis stuff back to the airwaves when there was an entirely new generation waiting to lap that stuff up like it was something brand new. At some point, should probably do an episode about John Lear's stuff after this sort of early 21st century renaissance. But I don't know. That sounds that sounds uh, almost as exciting as going back to the Matrix books. Yes, we should. I should. I should make you all listen to my discussions of the Matrix volumes two, three, and four and five. I, I think um, if I ever want to kill off the show, I think returning to Val Valerian's Matrix books is the uh, is the way to do it. And finally, uh, Kenny says, interesting, I think this was on Facebook, interesting that the Malaysian kids see a lot of tiny furry aliens in a country that's chock full of tiny furry primates and mammals. Probably just a coincidence, without question. Um, and it's it's clear that if the aliens are shapeshifters, or at least size shifters, as we, we saw in some of those stories, that they would, they would emulate the local fauna so as not to disturb people kind of like when the transformers crash on earth in the first episode of transformers back in 1984 the computer sort of scans things in the area and reconfigures them to look like you know cars and things like that and you might have just heard alexa in the background i don't know why anyway thanks a lot for your questions and comments and Uh, Stay tuned next week when we tackle the Janos people.